about you that makes you special? You're so British. Everyone was like, oh, no, there's nothing special about me. Nothing special at all. So I'm going to return to this later. And if you didn't write a word, I expect one by the end of the service, please. Is that okay? Lovely. All right. So I've noticed it's quite empty in here as well today. It's either bank holiday weekend or because we're back. But um, we're really, really happy to be here. Uh, I'm Sam. This is Sarah. And um, our children are feral around here somewhere. Um, but it's lovely to be back to share family service with you today. And what we've thought about today was, because um, I'm a teacher and sometimes I'm teaching things and I realise the children don't actually know why, what the point is of what we're learning. And, the, you know, there are some aspects of the curriculum which I also think that about. Um, but what I like to try and do is make sure that whatever I'm teaching, the children understand why it's important. And I think as Christians, sometimes we get too lost in the rhythm of Christianity, in the things that we do, and sometimes we just need to stop and think, actually, why? What is the point? Take a step back and have a bit of an MOT and think, what are the core things about being a Christian that matter? So that's what we're going to focus on today. And we're going to be focusing, because we like the power of three in a talk, so we're going to think about being created, being called, and being crowned. So those are going to be our three focuses today. Um, so just while I set up my lemons... Can I, can I genuinely ask you to turn to the people around you and say hello and get to know each other? Off you go. Okay, thank you. I have now officially set up the lemons. Good news. Um, in order to do this, I'm going to need seven people, please. And I'm not just going to choose seven children. I would like a range of people from the church, seven people to come up to the front for me. Yes, you in the beautiful orange top. Excellent. Not seeing any adult hands. Come here. Two, three. Right, that's three children. That's your quota. Come on, adults. Thank you. Four, five. I'm going to need a man. Darren. Yeah, go on, Kev. I'm trying to give you really subtle, like, little winks. Come on. Okay. Let's give our helpers a round of applause, everybody. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give each of you a gift. Okay? The gift you are going to receive is a lemon. Okay? When you get your lemon, I want you to take really good notice of what your lemon looks like. Have a look around. What does your lemon feel like? And I want you to give your lemon a name. Okay? So you're really going to get to know this lemon like no one has ever got to know that lemon before. Okay? So take a lemon... Have a really good look. What is it that makes your lemon unique and special? There is a point to this eventually, I promise. You seem unhappy with your lemon choice there. Okay, so have a really good look. Feel it in your hands. Let's have a good look. Okay, Leo, we'll start with you. First of all, what are you going to name your lemon? Um, lemony. 
Lemony, good name, yeah? Okay, and tell me something about your lemon that you notice. It's bumpy, yeah, and it's got a bit of a sharp nose, I think, lemony, yeah? Okay, right, you keep looking at him and get to know him. Right, what's your lemon called? Bob. Bob, Bob the lemon. Okay, tell me something about your lemon that you notice. It's got green on the end of it, like the pointy bit. He's got a green bit on the end, absolutely, so that's a bit unique to Bob. Thank you, move down. And uh, what's your lemon called? Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Lemony, Bob and Jeff, and tell me something about your lemon that stands out. It's got like a bump and then kind of like a hole there. Yeah, it's kind of got a squished thing going on, hasn't it, at the end there? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Uh, What's your lemon? I'm going to call him Nosy because he looks like he's got a big nose. Ah, fantastic. Uh, Yeah, he's kind of got a very clear nose at the end there. Lovely. Thank you very much. Darren? Hello. Uh, I'm going to call mine the Incredible Hulk because it looks green and angry. Yours is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah? Very weird. Lovely. Thank you. What are we calling yours? Orange. Orange. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you notice about orange? It's got cellulite. Okay. It's got cellulite. (laughs) We still love you, orange. Okay. Kevin? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm going to call mine Laura. Laura, Laura Lemon, right? And uh, what do you notice about Laura? She's she's got some nice little beauty spots here. Okay. Lovely, right? Okay, so we've we've met our lemons, okay? And do you feel like you've really bonded with your lemons? The answer to this is yes. Just, yeah. Okay. Good. Right. Well, I have some sad news. Surrender your lemon. Come on. Goodbye, Lemony, Bob, Jeff. Off the go. Laura, yeah, Laura Lemon. Right, no, Leo, stay up, because what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give them a shuffle. I'm going to tip the lemons on the floor, and I'm going to challenge our lemon owners, can they find their original lemon and prove it is their lemon? So don't just grab any lemon. It's got to be Laura, or it's got to be Bob or Jeff. Okay, are you ready? So gather over. Give him a shuffle. Okay. Find your lemon. Oh. Certain. Right, has everyone got their lemon? Yeah? Okay, we won't go down everyone, but does anyone want to tell me how you know for certain that that is your lemon and you've not just chosen a random one? Right, how do you know it's Jeff? Um, because Jeff has a squishy thing here and it's like a hole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff's a bit squishy, isn't he? Right, so you're sure that's Jeff? Yeah. Okay, right. How do you know that's yours? Because it, it had uh, like a bumpy bit here and it's got the green on the top. Okay, so you've recognised the markings of your lemon, and you know it. Okay, Leo? Um, it's got the same point at the top. Got the same point at the top. Okay, and you lot, you're all confident you've got the lemons, right? Okay, well, tell you what, for being such good sports today, you can keep your lemon. Okay, so go and sit back down. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
Oh, uh, there we go. Hope you enjoyed the service. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a point to that. And I've done that a few times before. And I think often what we do, if we were to see a bunch of lemons or a bowl of apples or a tray of carrots, we fall into the trap of thinking they all look exactly the same. And I think we can also fall into the same trap of looking at a group of people or looking at ourselves and thinking we are just another person. That's just a group of generic people. But actually just giving those people a couple of seconds to really get to know their lemon, it gave them a moment to notice the markings that somebody else might miss. If you grab a lemon and chop it up, you maybe don't notice the markings on the end. You don't notice that Laura's got um, beauty spots all over her. Um, you know, you'll never chop a lemon the same way anymore. But actually, as people, and certainly as Christians, we are called to notice those things about ourselves first and foremost, because we are created. We're not just some cosmic byproduct of an explosion in time. We believe that we are intended and that we are actually created, designed, and known by a God. That's what makes us different to people who don't believe that, is the belief that we are created rather than accidental. And actually, I've got three children, and I know things about my children that nobody else would know, because I'm their dad. And I know exactly the right things or the right wrong things to say that will provoke a certain reaction. I know exactly what they love to eat. I know exactly the book they want to read before bed. I know exactly that our new baby Bowen, he's got a tiny little milk spot that he's had on the right-hand side of his lip that nobody else will ever notice. But we notice because we're his parents and we look him in the face each day and we care about him. We care about everything that, that is who he is. And that is what makes us different. So when I'm asking you what makes you special when you come in and people are saying, oh, there's nothing special about me, God must be tearing his hair out. And he must be thinking, hang on a second, I created you and I know every little thing about you and I know all the things that you can do. I know the things you struggle with, but you are created. So please don't tell me that you're not special, that you're not unique. Please don't tell me you are less important than Laura the Lemon. Okay, because if Kevin can find special things about Laura the Lemon, you can certainly find something special about you. And that's what makes us so distinct as God's creation. So if we can move on to the next slide, please. Let's just relate back to scripture. And it is scripture that we see a lot. And we see Psalm 139. And sometimes if, if you're a terrible person like me, you hear somebody say a, a scripture that you think you know well and you kind of go into snooze mode because you think you know it. You think you understand the scripture. But let's look at it anew. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Not accidentally made, not you'll do. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Each person has innate value and purpose and presence on this planet. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So if we read that, your works are wonderful, we should really be able to see we are a work of God, therefore we are wonderful. Is that a bit uncomfortable sometimes? Do any of us ever look in the mirror and say, you're wonderful, you're great? I did say to someone, if I'd done this activity in America, we'd probably have needed more boards as people came in. Because the Americans just seem so much better, don't they, at being honest and open about what they're good at. It's very much a British, oh no, oh no, oh, 
please don't. I'll make you a cup of tea, but I'm not going to tell you anything good about myself. Okay, that's crossing a boundary. We're getting a bit too personal. Okay, but actually, you are wonderful. I know that full well. Well, do you? Do you know that full well that God's works are perfectly, fearfully, and wonderfully made? And then we've got the scripture underneath that we always link back to in Genesis. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And obviously there's debates over time about what this really means. Do we look like God? My take on this is that doesn't matter. What matters is that we're made in his own image, meaning he's put things inside us that are of him. And we've got to allow those innate special gifts that we've got inside of us to come out and we've got to use those because they are of God, from God and for God. So that's the scripture there. Okay, lovely. Okay, Sam didn't mention earlier, but as you came in on your seats, you would have all had a little paper crown and you've got a pen either in the metal bit in front um, or on your seat. Sorry, two seconds, we've got some crowd stormers. Go on, off you go. Leo, can you go sit down as well? So um, we will be using the crown later on, um, but also if you if you want to use the crown now to just doodle on um, or to decorate or to write any notes on, then feel free as well, because um, I know that sometimes it's much easier to concentrate if you've got um, something to doodle on. So, Will, can we have the next slide up? Will's just over there eating his cake. If anyone wants to stare at him, really embarrassing. It's just... <laughs> Okay, so we've we've looked at created already, and we're moving on to called now. So when we were thinking about being created, we kind of understand that what Scripture says is that we are all perfectly created. God made us all perfectly. He knows us intricately. He knows everything about us. He thinks we're really, really special, and we should accept that and know that as well. Once we've accepted that, then we can also see that Scripture is very clear that we are all called um, to specific purposes, um, to give God the glory. Um, he has um, important assignments for each one of us. It may be that one person is called to be an amazing um, worldwide missionary, changed thousands upon thousands of lives just from, you know, an, an evening sermon. It could be that other people are called to um, be a great mum, be a fantastic teacher, be a, an awesome neighbour, whatever that is. We've got two scriptures here. So the first one, Ephesians 2.10 It says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And John 15, 14 to 17, which is a verse that has really stuck with Sam and I this week as we've been planning this. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. And this is the really important bit. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love one another. And we'll be looking at those a bit more in a minute. But just to really celebrate the month of May birthdays, because it's my birthday this month, I'd just like to ask, what is the best part or one of the best parts of every birthday party? What do you reckon it is? Yes. Kate, I'd agree with that. I'm thinking more games. One of the best games? Who said that? 
Yes, Jane, past the parcel. Which is why I thought it'd be really fun and chaotic to do whole church past the parcel. Yay! So, um, Jonathan is going to be playing us the blues, I think. It's going to be very simple. Well, you'd say that. Basically, it goes along the row, behind, along the row. And Jonathan, you're in charge. Whenever you want to stop, you stop. Oh, okay. Take off one layer. And I'm, I'm not one of those really kind people that puts a sweet in every layer. It's just a layer. You only win if you get the middle bit. Wouldn't you like to know? Okay, amazing. Go again, Jonathan. Okay, can we go again? Let's go again. was that? No, no, I can make one up if you want, Chris. Just for you. Okay, let's go again. Okay, it's on the back row on this side, so you're going to have to slide it back forward again. And then this is the last layer coming up now. So I'm thinking we should clap along. your extremely expensive gift with much joy. Who got it on this side? Ralph. Ralph, amazing. Fantastic. Open it up. Hold it in the air so everyone can be jealous. You can play with them after the service, but not right now. Amazing. I knew it, Ralph. That's why we did it. Oh, why did you want Oh no! <laughs> Perfect. And that one's very energy efficient because it only needs a balloon. So you'll get far. <laughs> so you may be wondering why on earth have we just played past the parcel? Now the reason is because, um, let me tell you a story. Um, a few years ago, when Sam and I lived on the Isle of Man, we ran um, Script Union on the Isle of Man for many years. Um, and we both loved it. 
Um, I had Leo and I went back to work part-time and then Ivy came along very soon afterwards and I realised that actually uh, in order to give the best to my kids because they were so close in age and we didn't have family on the island um, I decided to give up work and to be at home with the kids and my goodness did it prove to be quite a shock to who I was. I think um, I'd gone from a position in an organisation where we were very well known on the Isle of Man. We were in all the schools, everyone in the churches knew us, um, almost minor celebrity status in a very uncool way. Um, And then the next thing I knew, I was at home with two under twos and my entire life was just nappies and tantrums and nap times and mess, so much mess. And it was probably the most humbling experience of my life. Everything, all those layers that I'd put on myself, layers of pride or ego or whatever it was, were just kind of ripped off me. And it was quite a painful time, actually, but really helped to get me back to the core of who God made me to be. And I think it's so easy for us to hear in church all the stuff that Sam said earlier. You know, we've been told time and time again, God made us perfect. He knows us. He created us beautifully. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. But you might be sat there thinking, I know all of that. However, it's really hard for me to truly feel it because I've got this layer on me. I've got this layer on me. It might be things that um, the rest of the world might see as good stuff, but we as Christians know, you know, we need a bit of humility, that layer might need to come off. It may be painful experiences you've gone through, it may be words that people have spoken over you, and kind of over your life, you have layers and layers and layers on you. And so when someone tells you that you are perfectly created and you're called to carry out good works for Jesus, I think quite often we can feel like all that stuff really gets in our way. How can we carry out the things that God has asked us to do when we feel like we've got this on us or we speak this over ourselves? And as we can see with Pastor Parcel, the point of the game is you tear off all the layers. I don't think you've ever seen a child at a party who sits there really carefully, peels off the sellotape, unwraps it and folds the wrapping paper ready to use again at Christmas. Actually, they tear it off. They're not interested in that because they want to get to the core of it. The important part is the center of past the parcel. And I think that a challenge for you this morning may be, if you don't feel like you can do the things that you've been called to do, then maybe it's time to say to God, okay, God, I want you to help me rip off these layers now. And it may be painful experience to go through. For me, it really was to go through a time when I felt my identity was, um, you know, standing in front of a thousand kids in an assembly and delivering an amazing message for Jesus. And then the next day, I'm teaching a child how to poo in a potty repeatedly and it's not going right but actually that was a really good experience for me because it humbled me and it helped me to realize um, that serving God can be in lots of different ways really amazing ways as well so Sam do you want to come up as well for this bit oh he's getting his board if we can move on to the next slide crowned this is where our crowns come in Um, And we chose the word crowned not only because it also begins with C, and so it sounds really snazzy to have three words that begin with C, but also because um, I think there's a part of us, in all of us, that loves the idea of, you know, crowns and royalty and being picked for something special. And we are, the Bible tells us, 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praise praises to him of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light
Fantastic. Thank you. Yes, we've, um, we've looked at created, we've looked at called, and now we're looking at crowned. And I did mention this at the start, but when you came in, and, and I was putting people on the spot, it's very hard to think on the spot um, and feel as though you've got to give a really succinct answer. But I, I really do think that this is a question we should all be considering. And it, and it links back to that notion of the past, the parcel. Who is it I'm called to be? What has God given me to enable me to do that? And, and it links into the question, what is it about you that makes you special? What is it that you've got in you that is different to everybody else around you? What, you know, when you're, when you're walking around your day-to-day life, what is it that tugs on your heart, that really affects you, that, that feels as though you're called to act? You know, there's so many causes out there in our world. You know, we live in a broken world, don't we, in so many ways. There's so many charities. We see it on television all the time. We're called to, please give money to this. Please give time to this. And we can only do so much as people. And so I think it's really worth us digging deep, asking God and saying, well, God, who is it you've made me to be? Where should I be focusing all of myself, all of my efforts, and all of my time? And this does link into that notion of us being a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we're not just called by God to follow him and to do exactly as he says, which is, of course, true, but we're actually told throughout the Bible in many different ways and through different imagery that we're crowned alongside him and that at the end of time, we'll be with him in heaven and we'll be crowned and we will be sharing in the joys of being with Jesus, of being with God and sharing that glory. And so you've all got a crown in front of you. If you've not got it in your hands, would you mind grabbing one now? And if you can't see one, have a look behind or look in front. And everyone will need a crown. I'm not going to make you put it on. And we're just going to show you, in a moment, we're going to show you a video clip from uh, one of Sarah and I's favourite films. It's from the amazing Chronicles of Narnia. And it's the end of uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe when the children have been through the adventure. They've, they've understood that they've been called for a purpose and they actually become crowned kings and queens of Narnia at the end. And as Christians, we know the symbolism of what C.S. Lewis was saying was that actually once a king and king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen of Narnia. Once you've been crowned by the king, by, by Jesus, actually you're with him. You're, you're on his mission. Um, but we want to watch that and then I'll explain what we're doing with our crowns after. So hopefully it will work. I give you Queen Lucy, the Valiant. Queen Lucy, the 
to the great western wood, King Edmund, just, to the radiant southern sun, Queen Susan, the gentle, and to the clear northern sky, I give you King Peter, the magnificent. Once a king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen. May your wisdom grace us until the stars rain down from the heavens. Long live King Peter. Long live King Edward. Long live King Susan. Long live King So, spoiler alert, if you've not seen the film, they become kings and queens at the end. Um, but it's just an amazing film, and a, more importantly, an amazing book. Um, and we love the bit at the end where they're crowned, and you are now kings and queens of Narnia. But the thing that we noticed was, it doesn't just say, you are now Queen Lucy. It actually says, you are Queen Lucy the Valiant. And he calls out something in her that he's placed there that he notices She's valiant, and Edmund is just, and Susan is gentle, and Peter is magnificent. I love that. Okay, but Aslan speaks that over them, and God speaks over us, who we are, and who he wants us to be. So you've got your crowns now. We're not going to have a big glitzy ceremony with unicorns and otters and, and, and all that happening, but you are going to have your crown, and I want you to think now, or if it's just too uncomfortable right now, Take your crown away with you. I want you to write down the word that you think God is speaking over you as he crowns you. Who's he called you to be? And we've got some great examples up here. Now, these were panic words from many people, so it might not be the word you'd use knowing the context now. Okay, but we've got up here, we've got um, wise, spelt incorrectly, Darren. Um, we've got, <laughs> but it was deliberate, wasn't it? It was deliberate, of course. Um, we've got nurturing. We've got lots of people saying mum and dad. Um, someone wrote mum to anyone. I love that. Um, willing, kind, loving, compassionate, um, cheerful, calm. You know, these are just some examples. But who is it God's called you to be? What's on your crown as he places it on your head? So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes now to think for yourself or chat to the people around you, okay, and share with them what you think might be on there. And if you're just too uncomfortable thinking for yourself, ask someone who knows you really well, what do they see in you? Okay, and we'll just take a couple of minutes to do that. Off you go. Brilliant. Um, if you can just draw your conversations to a close. And we're just going to use the things that you've written down to guide um, our prayer time. Uh, and I know that for a lot of you, that might have been a slightly uncomfortable exercise to actually think of the amazing, unique things you have um, and to, to write them down. But I just, I really hope that you can claim those things today and just um, marvel at how amazing God is that he made us all different and we won't have all written down the same things. But also the fact that that one word doesn't define you. There are hundreds, if not thousands, more things about you. Um, I'm thinking of the kids who have gone upstairs as well. Um, 
you know, the children that we see in this church, they're all incredible, unique, created perfectly. And between all of us together, uh, we really can change limb, change the world for Jesus. It's kind of a big dream, but we can do it if we trust in the things that God has given us. So in a second, I'm going to read um, a poem. And then uh, after I've read the poem, um, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to ask if you can just um, form yourselves back into those small groups. You can stay as couples. You can be as families. You can um, look to people outside of your immediate family, kind of church family. Um, And if you feel comfortable, then I'd love it if you could just um, pray for each other for the things that you've written down. If that's something that you really don't want to do, then Jonathan's going to just play quietly and perhaps you could sit and quietly reflect upon those things. But if you do feel brave enough to pray for the person next to you um, or pray for your kids who might have gone upstairs, um, then I think that would be a really wonderful thing to do. So I'm just going to read this poem. It says, you are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose, and no matter how you may feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind, and they bear the master's seal. Know that trauma you faced wasn't easy, and God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. And Father, we just pray um, for everything that we've spoken about this morning. We thank you that we are created perfectly by you. We thank you that because of that we are called to um, unique callings, to special things that you've asked us to do. And I thank you, God, that we're crowned by you, that we're not expected to do this alone, but you have put your seal on us, um, and you are always with us. And I just pray now that as we um, just reflect or we pray in small groups, would you bless this time, and would you help us to really understand who you created us to be? Amen.